from here on Earth 616 to the multiverse. This is the Marvel Guys Podcast, your number one source for everything Marvel. Reviews, characters, comic books, new releases. It's all right here. Now, let's welcome your hosts, Jordan and Spencer. Welcome to another episode of the Marvel Guys Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jordan, and on my left is my co-host, Spencer. How's it going, everybody? I am doing good. I don't know if everybody else has answered by now, but I hope you're having a great day. Uh, This is Wednesday, so it is another Ms. Marvel episode. You know how Disney releases go. They release it at 2 (laughs) a.m. Central Mm -hmm. Time. Yeah. Just late enough to where we don't try to stay up and watch it, but just, you know, just early enough to make you think about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. You definitely think about it, at least. If it's a big show, if it's like a finale, you're like, mm, I'm thinking. <laughs> I never, I never, never come away with a victory on that one versus my sleep schedule. So, right. I just, I, I admit defeat early, go to sleep, go to work, watch it at some point when I'm supposed to be working. And uh, then I come home and I'm ready to go. Sleep so is important, man. Sleep is it, the it most is. important thing. It is. That's so. why I show up late to work and uh, <laughs> I focus more on my sleep habits. You know. Yeah. Well, you yeah. gotta. You gotta. <laughs> you gotta be well rested. You, you gotta have your goals. You know. <laughs> yeah. So Miss Marvel episode two, this was one that started off uh, with a little bit more development of the character. A, a confident Kamala Khan. Uh, we see almost, I don't know, you could probably make it a little bit of a callback to the uh, Spider-Man 3 scene when Peter Parker's dancing and you're like, okay, oh, yeah. interesting. Right. <laughs> um, right. But it was obviously meant to show us that with these newfound powers, she feels invincible. She's going to be confident and take chances she's never been able to take before. She corrects the teacher on her name. Um, you know, she's moving people out of the way. She's talking to all kinds of people that maybe she would have just walked by previously. Mm. But it looks like we have a girl who was a huge Marvel fan feeling like one of the team now. Yeah, it kind of felt like Elaine dancing in a way, right? You know <laughs> what I mean? If you're ever, if you're thumbs and kicks, thumbs and kicks. Seinfeld fans out there, but uh, yeah, this was. Um, yeah, I think it's important though because I mean, yeah, she's she's feeling confident now. She's like, you know what? I'm not a nobody. Like, I'm not a pushover. That's my locker, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, so, um, yeah, this was it was kind of cool to see actually because like, yeah, she's like kind of feeling herself and she's like, you know what? Like, I can do this. You know what I mean? This is high school. This is nothing. I'm about to be a superhero. So, where was your you locker know. in high school? Um, was it low? Was it high? Was it in between like two other people? Easily accessible? They were not all kind of crammed. Do you use your locker? <laughs> I I didn't really use my locker because it was in an inconvenient place. There you go. So I just put every single book that I had in my backpack and just carried it around all day. That's what ninety so. percent of the, the kids did. <laughs> yeah. I think that was one of the major differences <laughs> between middle school and high school. Is you kind of walk around and like. Well, everybody's not carrying their books everywhere. Oh, you're allowed yeah. to bring a backpack. It changes to, everything. When you get to high school, you get the strong back perk. There you go. In life. That's what happens. The bricks. <laughs> the bricks to train the traps and the, yeah. the shoulders and everything. For sure. Um, so in this initial scene, we see Kamala run into Kamran. Mm. 
And Kamran is a character that has uh, come forth in the comics with Ms. Marvel before. Uh, I did not know much about him. I had heard his name previous to the show, but obviously now that he is a part of it, we will be discussing him and his character moving forward. But it was kind of highlighted early on that, hey, there's this new guy uh, at school. He's got a British accent. He's really good looking. And uh, she takes a quick interest to him. A little bit of foreshadowing for what we'll see later on. Yeah, this is actually like really... Because my initial thoughts, I didn't even think of Kamran. Like, I didn't even, like, I, like I took the name at face value. Like, I didn't really, like, go anywhere farther with that. I kind of was like, huh, I wonder if that's... But then I thought, oh, maybe this is Red Dagger. You know what I mean? And I was like, okay, if this is Red Dagger, this all makes sense. But then I started thinking about it, like, nah, I feel like he's kind of... Like, he knows too much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, well, I mean, we'll get to it later. And he's too perfect. But yeah, and he's too, well, this is the funny thing. When I was watching this, and maybe you kind of felt the same way too, but like didn't think about it at the moment. But like when they show the little scene of him like coming up out of the like swimming pool and stuff like that, mm-hmm. immediately my brain was like, this guy looks like that kid that's on the soccer team in high school, but he actually sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> he just has that look. Huh. I don't know how else to describe it. Like, he looks like he definitely plays some sort of sport, but he's absolutely terrible. What you're it. saying is he's somebody who has, like, decent abs for no reason. Yeah. That's yeah. where you're going with that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I, I really didn't think much of it at first. Um, I, I tell people all the time, I don't really decode these shows as I watch them. I just kind of take it in. And so I saw, okay, new guy, new character. Obviously, um, we saw him in the trailer. So he was going to have some role in this show, but mm. it could have just been, you know, popular romantic interest. You know, it, it makes sense. There's a lot of those in, in TV shows. But in Marvel, when you get a long glance <laughs> with the main character, that usually means, well, welcome to the, the main storyline. Yeah. So uh, we see we see Kamala walking down the hallway. Uh, she runs into uh, Bruno. And... They they have these just something that's like really noticeable. It's almost like seeing a really obvious ad placement mm-hmm. when her and Bruno are walking down the hallway to get to the other side of the hallway. There's it's not a, like a normal hallway where you just keep going. It's this little intersection where there's a big wall in the middle and then two doors on the left and the right. And they both had to go through different doors. And that to me, there's always little placements of foreshadowing in the future um for marvel tv shows especially but also in the movies they went through separate doors which tells me that there's going to be maybe two separate journeys that these two characters go on even though at first it seemed like he was going to be kind of her tech sidekick uh we may see them become divided through obviously we saw some division in this episode uh it may continue because of the secrecy that she has to have moving forward and uh i don't know it's just one of those things where they zoom out, they show the two doors, and then you walk. You watch them walk through, and you're just like, hmm, what does that mean? Knowing what they could do with this Kamran character, um, yeah, I would say trust Bruno at this point. You know what I mean? Like, trust his instincts. But she's obviously not because, you know, she's a high school kid that, you know, is now, like, enamored with this guy who's kind of cute, kind of attractive. Yeah. You know, 
but yeah, um, definitely for me, you know, I, I have thoughts about what they could do with this Cameron character. Um, but I'll leave it at that for now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, when it comes to stuff like this, like anytime it's in like film or TV shows, you always trust that character that's in Bruno's situation. Yeah. Because it, even though he doesn't know the full extent of it, there's a reason he's apprehensive. You know what I mean? Like, and it's not just because, oh, I really like Kamala and now she's enamored with this other guy. It's like, hmm, do I trust this? It's most like, of it, though. Yeah, it's most <laughs> of it. But it's like... <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> but it's like, you know, this is really weird timing, especially in this show. Like, for us, it's easy to see because we're like the... Um, yeah, we're in like the third the person kind of yeah. yeah looking at it we can observe everything around it mm -hmm. but like um yeah and, and it's just very weird timing that this character just so happens to pop up yeah like right when she uses her powers for the first time that's like true that. so it's like mm, okay this could be yeah yeah i, I think that's a good point is right anytime somebody becomes immediately really famous you always kind of have to watch out um, if you're a family member or a close friend, because there's going to be people that want to, you know, attach themselves to them. Um, now, in this case, uh, she is not famous. She's not important yet. She has this, you know, self-confidence because of these newfound powers. And we saw that manifest in how she walked down the hallway. However, that enthusiasm is quickly diminished when she runs into the lunchroom and sees... Uh, Zoe bragging about her interaction with who she described as Nightlight, a s undercover superhero that keeps a very low profile, uh, suggesting that they won't be able to find any information on Nightlight because she knows that this person doesn't exist. So she wants to keep her Instagram followers. She wants to uh, use her, her newfound fame, but she also doesn't want to expose uh, Kamala as the either a hero in general or she's just like you know keeping it all to herself keeping the attention to herself so i don't know if it's in kamala's best interest that she's looking out for or she's just like i'm gonna keep the spotlight on me this is kind of nice i think it's that i think it's the keep the spotlight on me because uh well i mean let's break it down i mean in the social media uh life that we have grown up in like we kind of grew up in a time where social media like early in our lives social media was nothing like it there wasn't anything there like facebook wasn't even created yet yeah. none of that stuff was there um and then myspace happened then facebook um but you have like entire generations of kids that like grew up with this stuff now mm -hmm. which is kind of weird makes me sound old but um many generations yeah yeah um i think this is totally a thing because when you look in when you look at social media you see a lot of people that kind of get comfortable because it's like their own little like soapbox you know what i mean mm -hmm. that you can filter out the negative and you can only look at the positive so uh yeah i think that's kind of where she's at and i think that that's why there's like this awkward tension a little later um but uh yeah, I think she's definitely, I don't think she's really looking at it as for, like, Kamala's best interest, you know? Because I just think it's something that you would do if you're, like, a social media mogul. You're not going to, you're always going to try to find a way to, like, spin the narrative to 
focus on you Mm because it gives you more followers, gives you more screen time, stuff like that. Um, And even if she's not best friends with Kamala, she probably just doesn't want to be the person. It's like knowing a secret about somebody. Yeah. um, And not wanting to be the person to reveal it because you're unsure of how they'll react to it. So, right. And we know what we know because we've kind of at very least briefed ourselves on the comics. Um, Zoe's not like an evil character. Mm -hmm. This is not meant to be her nemesis. Um, she's just another high school girl and, you know, within high school relationships is drama. And so there will be positives. There'll be negatives. I'm guessing by the end of the series, Zoe's going to be a friend of Kamala's, but we will see how it goes. Um, yeah, I, I like, I also like what she said about, uh, Bruno. If you're a Disney kid, you grew up on like Lizzie McGuire and Gordo was always the kid (laughs) that was like there for her in every single way. She appreciated him as a friend, but never saw him as anything but. And it's like it's like Ron Stoppable and Kim Possible, like the guy friend that's always there, always like not a big fan of the guys that the girl likes because he knows they're not right for him or he's just jealous, one of the two. Um, so I think we'll see how these relationships develop, but I do at the very least think that they're going to be closer than ever at the end of this series, but I do think there's going to be some turbulence along the way here. So, Oh, for sure. And if there's ever like a teenage kid that's in the situation like that I could give any advice to right now, get out. <laughs> <laughs> don't ever. It's not the movies. Yeah, don't uh, ever do that, man. Yeah. While Zoe's <laughs> kind of bragging about her experience with the nightlight, uh, Nakia in a way of like just like lashing out to make Kamala feel better she she calls uh she calls Kamala's character that was doing super things uh budget Captain Marvel <laughs> which is meant to be like a slight but uh Kamala's like thanks yeah because she's so excited to be compared to Captain Marvel and under her breath she's like uh-oh um which is the first instance where we see uh, another l- little bit of a division there. Um, Bruno is aware of her powers and Nakia is not. So we will probably see that manifest uh, at some point with a bit of a, uh, maybe a screwdriver in between the two girls, but we will see if they can get over that that barrier quickly or, or not. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Remains to be seen. Yeah. I, I think that this episode really did a really cool job of showing like the the reasons why because like Nikia wasn't even really part of like she was there in episode one but there wasn't like fleshed out character like we got that with Bruno yeah so it's really cool in this episode to get it with Nikia because I think she's got a really cool like her own unique story and it also once again like brings a really big spotlight onto culture and stuff like that no doubt uh, so yeah she'll be a very important part of this journey Um, and it'll be interesting to see how she views Kamala yeah, like after figuring it all out, you know, like, and, and once again, we don't really know the journey that Kamala's going to go on yet. Um, I have a pretty good idea of what it could be, but, you know, we'll see. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, I think it'll be really cool to see what happens with her and Nakia as we go along. Yeah, the first episode was definitely a uh, getting to know Kamala but focusing on Bruno as a character in development. 
And then uh, this episode was absolutely Nakia's kind of time to to shine. Mm-hmm. And so now we know a lot about both of the characters, and we'll talk more about Nakia's episode. Um, you know, goes on in our review. But we do see uh, after the title sequence and everything, which they've been really cool. Um, they're doing a, a really good job of like using a lot of old Captain Marvel stuff and a lot of things like that within the title sequences and the credits. Um, so if you're not one to usually watch it, you may find some interest in it. But uh, we've got Bruno helping Kamala train, mm. which is very reminiscent of like Spider-Man training, um, of like Shazam, of any of these like characters that like just got powers and don't know how to use them. It wasn't a montage by any means, but it was kind of a trial and error where we got to see the first steps of, you know, how do I become this? And it, you can throw it all the way back to Iron Man at the the start of the MCU. Yeah, for sure. But I, I, I liked that you chose like Spider, like Shazam number one, because I think that's a really good one because he's a younger kid when this happens, obviously. And then, um, you know, obviously like Spider-Man one with Toby. Yeah. The same kind of sequence. Um, and I think that's important because that's exactly how children or teenagers would react to getting a superpower. You know, you're going to be like, Oh, like what the heck can I do with this? And what are the limitations? And I'm going to push the limitations exactly as far as I can go. Yeah. I can climb this wall by putting pressure on my feet and hands. Yeah. How far up can I get before I start screaming for help? Right. There was actually a headline in the news. What was it like yesterday? Some dude like scaling a building. And it was like the third time that he'd been caught doing this, but it was like he was so high up. It was ridiculous. And he had no kind of equipment or anything. So, yeah, we would totally do that. But I think as an adult, like, you know, Tony Stark even... You know, you're going to try to push it to the limits just to see what it can do. But you're also going to be like, oh, if I do this, this can happen yeah. and can alter my life or, you know, ruin my life or, or something. You learn your consequences pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah, because you know the consequences. So, yeah, I, I, I like these little scenes like that where they're kind of like figuring stuff out because it's totally... It's exactly what you would do, and it's exactly also what a teenager would do. So, yeah, and she goes to the rooftop as well, which is something we see time and time again. People like going to a place where nobody else can see them, and, and it seems to be the rooftop typically. Mm. Um, most notably, recently in Spider Man, when he wanted to get away from everybody, uh, Peter and um, Mary Jane. But yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see that that. Um, kind of character reel of of new powers and learning them and uh she she keeps falling and she's stumbling like a baby deer um she's throwing out these powers it seems as though her powers are kind of stunted at instinctual um kind of energy bursts and then the ability to place platforms that's kind of where her powers were at in this episode so yeah. when she like panics and something happens, you can see that she like goes with the extendo arm and tries to grab people. We've already seen that twice uh, in the first two episodes. And when she just, you know, closes her eyes and says, okay, I'm going to trust myself. She's able to run up platforms and, you know, she's basically limited by her control of her powers right now. But it seems like 
You ever get like a go-kart or a golf cart or something given to you and it's it's got a nail so you can't actually push the pedal too far? Like a rev limiter or something? or Basically, yeah. yeah. Something that limits the potential of the vehicle even yeah. though that vehicle can do a lot more. Yeah. That's like how every go-kart is on every go-kart. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like in Branson. It, yes. It was... Yes. It was Obviously could have gone faster, but it's like oh, yeah. you're not only going to go like 12 miles an hour and you're going <laughs> to like it. Yeah. That feels like her powers right now telling her, okay, crazy girl, you're out here jumping on rooftops. We're going to give you this much leeway. Um, don't screw anything up. Your final form is on its way, but you need to work up to it. You need to train yourself. So it, I think her body uh, is reacting to her mind, telling her how much she's able to do right now. And until she fully trusts herself, her full powers won't be un- untapped or tapped, I should say. I think it's um, I think it's more um, of using learning how to use your it's like the Hulk, like learning how to use your rage, use, learning how to use your fear and, and harnessing all of that inside of you to where you can use it at any moment, any time. Like a, well, like a Jedi or something, right? Like learning how to use, learning how to make that part of you always, you know, like that's the famous scene from Avengers, right? Where he's like, you know, I'm always angry. And then he immediately turns into the Hulk and punches the like Jatari thing. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's what's part of, of, of this learning process is like, yeah, she's able to place these platforms and stuff and it seems kind of tame but that's because she's kind of just having fun. She's not really, she's pushing the limit, but not really tapping into reality because when you're actually in a fight, you know, like if you're Captain Marvel trying to save the universe against Thanos, the adrenaline's pumping, everything's going, the fate of the universe is at stake, all this other stuff. Like, there's a lot of things going on and if you're not adept to being in that situation you're not going to be able to control your powers in the slightest so i think that's going to be the what she's going to have to figure out as the series kind of goes on because i think that that's what's going on because any time that she's ever had like the big fists and like the hand or whatever like it's purely out of instinct and it's purely out of fear like when what's her name falls Zoe and she like reaches out. She's like, Oh no, like I got to save you. And so she does. <laughs> uh, and later in the episode when the kid falls, it's like same thing happens. Desperation. So it's, yeah, it's it, but I think that that's essential into her character growth is learning how to harness that and make that part of herself. Like always. Yeah. No, I I agree with that. That's uh, that's gonna be part of her her journey here, um, and kind of interrupting the montage uh, of sorts of her learning her new skills and trying to get used to them. Uh, they do take a look at the bangle, and she sh- suggests that the writing on it may be Arabic or Urdu. Um, that's just her thoughts. I'm not sure what to take from that at the moment, but this, with this bangle becoming front and center, but her powers, notably Bruno, uh, mentioned this, mentions this to her with his 
scanning device on his iPad or whatever, which is incredible. <laughs> I don't know how he has access to that or if he created <laughs> it or, or what. But uh, the power is coming from her. The bangle was just activated. Um, what activated the power? So they basically conversationally told us how we should be thinking of her powers, which is pretty cool because that does help us moving forward, understanding uh, more about what her powers can can be and where they're from. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this was essential into understanding the character because, yeah, you would assume after episode one that it's the bangle that gives her the power. And it's like, eh, it's like the bangle kind of awoke something inside of her more than anything because she's got the power. And she's had it. And I think that this is essential going forward because I think that this is something just looking at the power and the source of power. This is something that was passed down. And when you look at the dissonance between her and her mother, that's probably why. It's probably why it was never brought out before this is because the mother's trying to escape from, you know, the past and stuff like that. So she's kind of like cut herself off. And Kamala's kind of interested in it. And because of that, the curiosity kind of wins in this scenario because she just puts on the bangle and it, boom, like she's feels it like inside of her and like she's able to do all these crazy things. So, yep. yeah. And we will we'll dive into her her history, her family history. Uh, but there was a funny little moment where she was hanging off the side of a building and Bruno grabs her arms and she's like, you have to let me go. <laughs> and she falls like six inches down and catches herself on her feet, um, which <laughs> is a callback to Black Widow and, and Hawkeye when he had to let her go um, yeah. when she died. And it, it, it's Ms. Marvel is toying with us. Um, they are using a lot of other things, but that's how she kind of works. That That's who she is. She's this big Marvel fan. She, um, you know, when she lands, she purposefully poses because mm-hmm. she wants to be like, yeah, she wants to be <laughs> like them. Yeah. Um, and she knows these little things about the Marvel, um, you know, or I should say the Avengers, uh, that kind of just, it's almost taskmasterish, where you see little different things pop up and you're going, how does she, oh, that's right. She's watching them all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, she has every DVD or, or whatever it is at this point in the MCU. So it's just it's kind of funny how her tv show is operating as almost a window into the world of the mcu beyond just the superheroes but also includes the people who are absolutely obsessed with these superheroes just as we are oh yeah it's very like fourth wall kind of breaking in a way in its own unique way it's not as like over the top as like a deadpool um or like as hilarious as a deadpool you know Mm -hmm. uh and I think that, you know, obviously we're going to see that in like She-Hulk as well. And it's going to be more, but it's going to be more like pronounced. You know what I mean? It's going to be like more on the nose. This is more like poking and prodding, as you said. Like, it's kind of like, oh, hey, here's this little, uh, here's this little moment that you may have remembered with two different other characters or uh, something along those lines, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's really cool to see like how they're, how they're going about this. I also love that they're still continuing with this like um like comic aesthetic, you know, like we we kind of Yeah. We didn't really I don't think we talked about it, but like when Cameron when we first see him and he like pops out of the pool or whatever, there's like all these like little 
aesthetically cool little things going on on the sides, like these little drawings and like you know lightning. It's bolts always or there in her brain. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. I like it. After this, uh, we notice that the two girls are late to what seems to be their evening prayer, um, the community prayer, and they have to go through, you know, a cleansing, a washing, and they take their shoes off. And um, these are all things that are very specific to um, the culture of, uh, you know, Muslims and uh, some of it. To be quite honest, I'm not too familiar with. And so I'm learning just like a lot of people of little things that they add into the show and um, stuff and processes that they go through. Uh, So for me, this is cool because this gives an insight into the character that I really need to be able to understand what drives her, um, especially what drives Nakia, being that in the comic she's a social activist. Mm -hmm. uh, And so her upbringing... Uh, does play a part in who she ultimately becomes. And we do see later on in this episode her starting that, that career. Uh, so, yeah, we, we see that they're late, and they also kind of cause a disruption during the prayer because she, uh, Kam- Kamala, Kamala, that was the first time, only mm-hmm. once, <laughs> Kamala asks, you know, hey, I, I would pay more attention, but, like, why why can't I see you? You know, like, I'm, I'm not able to see through the partition. And uh, Sheikh uh, Abdullah is basically repeating the same thing that he probably always says, which is, you know, it is about modesty. It's about um, you being able to have your own space and we have our own, own space. But the problem here is that it seems that what they're projecting to us is that the women kind of are like the away team at a sports venue and they have everything that's not quite as nice or or good as the men uh, in this little community and for many decades uh not not necessarily it's been accepted but maybe it hasn't been challenged and so we are seeing these two girls have somewhat of a rebellious nature in that they want to change these things and we also saw two girls on their phones on Instagram. So it does seem to be a generational divide between some of the younger uh, kids and some of the older people uh, in this community. Yeah, and I think that it's important to kind of talk about this kind of thing too because like in a real like religious sphere, like the men might laugh or something like that or like, you know, like just speaking from like personal experience you know when you kind of speak up or speak out against something you know at first you know the people kind of are like oh (laughs) like he's he or she is just like exhibiting like this like rebellious nature but then they pull you aside later and they're like you know very like no this is the way things are you're gonna like it and that's it (laughs) like so um yeah, it's very it's very interesting and I like that you described it as like the away team because like, you know, what is that why do they do that in a sports sphere, right? Why is it that the away team is always like janky, run down? It's like a psychological thing, right? There's that and then it's also it's not the highest priority because no. it's the people that you care the most about, which is the people that will be using it the most exactly. uh, that you give the highest r- level of resources to. Exactly. 
So it's both things at one at one time. You know, you have obviously like, yeah, we're only going to put our resources where it matters. But at the same time, too, it's like, oh, how can we kind of also make this like as janky as possible to psychologically torment these guys before they come out and play, you know? Um, and so I think that that's, yeah, it, it, it is kind of like opening and, and kind of peeling back the layers of what's going on. In, in their universe and in, in their, you know, religion as well. So, um, I, I, I really, really liked that scene quite a bit. I think that was really cool that they threw that in there because they really didn't have to, nor did they kind of like necessarily need to, but it's definitely provided something like you said, even more for the Nakia character, but it's also, once again, it's, it's showing a lot and it's kind of giving you more development um, and a different level, but yeah, it's like a more human development. Yeah. And I mean, I hear you with, you know, they didn't have to, but honestly I couldn't picture this episode without this scene. Yeah. Like this is integral to the story that they're telling. Um, mm-hmm. It changed the course of the episode. It, it lets you in. Like this is not like, like I grew up, you know, going to a Catholic church once a week, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, this is prayers five times a day in the Muslim community. So this is a major part. Now it's not always, you know, public and communal and all that stuff, but like that is a huge deal. Um, and so if you were going to film this girl, Kamala, mm-hmm. in her natural state for a TV show, for one, you would run into it at some point, you know. It's not like Glee where you only film one class and that's 90% of your day. Yeah. And they never go to history or math class or whatever in that TV show. <laughs> um, but seeing the walls are crumbling, the the mold is under the floors. Yeah. Um, the men are highly respectful to these women and, and care about them and love them. But there are some things that are tradition that take precedent over uh, what's in front of you. And I think a lot of our lives are lived through the lens of tradition. Mm-hmm. And so we are often afraid to challenge those traditions, whether we see them as right or not. And we see Nakia becomes a superhero in her own way without having real, um, you know, superpowers. Her, her powers are her confrontation, voice. uncomfortability. And yes. And even you can, you can tell like, even if you had a major problem with what's happening to these women in this mosque, um, he does recognize the need to express her voice. He's saying, I respect what you're saying, but our traditions are highest priority in this, um, in this mosque right now. So it, it's very telling of like where this relationship is, where this girl grew up and what her culture is like, because there's this, and then there's the American high school. There's the, uh, you know, immigrant parents and the American kid. It's just a story that, you know, is often, often told, but maybe not often received correctly. So I'm really, and it's tough, really excited to see this. It's tough for us to like really grasp that either, because a lot of the people that are going to be watching this are going to be mostly what American. So most likely, sure. It's, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for, truly like a lot of people to be able to like put themselves in the in that realm put their put themselves in their shoes 
because yeah like they're to my knowledge the most predominant religions in this country don't pray five times a day <laughs> they don't have service once a day we pray twice when a our day. professional sports teams are playing yes that's when we, we pray <laughs> we pray when our sports teams are playing we pray on sundays and most of the time it's a it's actually in a lot of comedies where like dudes are more concerned with how their sports team is playing while church is going on absolutely so there and, and it's so it's going to be extremely difficult you know for for people to be able to put themselves in their shoes but i think that they did such a good job in that scene of kind of showing it you know where you can see it and where you can where it's tangible where you can be like oh i get it now yeah you feel that scene yeah you don't just watch yeah. it yeah for sure and speaking of being in other people's shoes nikki is tired of getting her shoes stolen <laughs> okay there's like i think she said 22, 22. pairs of <laughs> shoes that are gone and now i don't know why she's bringing versace to a mosque right i would never wear thing. like my jordans to a church or something new no. but um that was the last straw and she goes you know what maybe i should run you know for this uh was it a uh, board i can't even remember yeah. the, the title but yeah. um kamala was like you need you need to run and uh she decided, hey, I think I will. I'm, I'm fed up. I'm, I'm going to change things around here. And Kamala was kind of, you know, hyping her up, um, which led us into very curious scene to me, which a lot of people may take as like, eh, no big deal. We talked last episode about when we got grounded as kids, or, or I know my parents were fairly strict. I That was normal. Like, okay, you're in trouble. You're grounded. Mm-hmm. As she came home and she was like disappointed and then she's like okay go to sleep and now she's coming to her mom seemingly like the next day and after sneaking out and getting into trouble and altering the course of her life you know her mom seems to suggest hey can i go to a party at my friend zoe's house which they do know the parents so i guess that is a little bit of like uh comfort mm -hmm. but the mom was so quick to say yes to her going out I don't know if there's anything there, if there's something going on, but it seemed like she was just very, very open to Kamala the next night after sneaking out and getting in trouble, going out to a friend's house. Yeah. I may be overthinking this. No, 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 no. You're, you're on the right track. Cause my mom would be the same way. Not, not as her parent, but like her, my mom would definitely be pissed for like two weeks <laughs> at the least right. about that. So I'm not doing anything for like two weeks. It's crazy, right? If you want me right? to come outside and play basketball, okay, maybe, because I'm, like, within earshot and eyesight. But if I did something like that, yeah, you, you won't see me for two weeks. <laughs> so. Do you think that maybe her mom, knowing Zoe and the family, she wants her to be exposed to more normal high school life, to have her maybe take her mind off this cosmic stuff? No, I think that this is more showing a different disciplinary thing with uh, ah. parenting because – Maybe the, dad the way that we kind of infiltrated. grew up with that, it, it, honestly, it's not really the right. There really isn't a, a right or wrong way to do parenting. I feel like there are definitely bad things you can do as a parent for sure. And there's definitely good things you can do as a parent, but there's no handbook that's going to tell you every right thing that you can do. Mm -hmm. um, and I think anybody that's a parent kind of knows exactly what's going on there. Like yeah, it becomes very apparent. Yeah, it becomes very apparent, right? Um, but yeah, I think that what she's kind of doing here is maybe she's realizing that, okay, me being so strict 
she's just going to do it anyways. And it's probably going to lead to something worse. Right. So maybe if I'm just like, okay, I'll let you do this, but you have to be back at nine. Come in the front door. Don't go through the yeah, window. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Let's do it right. Right. And I think if she does it that way, then okay. like, okay, it's like reinforcing that like, okay, yeah, you can do this, but let's do it the right way. Let's not, you know. So I think that's what that was about. Welcome back to parental guidance <laughs> for <laughs> beginners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, no, that's a good point. Um, and so she does take off to this party. And the reason she wants to go to the party, because um, this like 720 flipping uh senior from you know britain or what is it called (laughs) what do you call i mean he's living in jersey great great britain what's what's the country england england there we go yeah Yeah, great britain is is like all of them right united kingdom i think is all ah you're right yeah you're right what's so great about britain anyway (laughs) who knows what's so new about york for that matter (laughs) right right i'll be here all day uh, so nice. yeah, I think the first bit of evidence we should have been like, something's weird, is that he pulls this flip off, like he's been doing it for I don't know, two thousand years. I mean, right. what the right. heck was that jump off the? Was it off the house? I mean, it was. Yeah. That was crazy. Everybody's like, "You're insane! Don't do it!" And then he just rips it off like he's you know an Olympic finalist. That seems so not real that thing is so unrealistic not because of the flip <laughs> it's because of what happens after with the way he, gets he just gets out, out of the, the water he, uh, no he gets out of the pool and there is not a single person around him <laughs> if that actually happened in a real party there's going to be that that party's going to be so lit because that happened. and he was unfazed yeah and he um, just walks out like oh hey how's walks going? out and and bruno's like no i'm gonna try to cut this off <laughs> immediately. <laughs> immediately nice belly flop that must have hurt you know and he's like, no, no, I don't think it did. <laughs> he's like, goes straight to cool accent guy. Yeah. Um, and you see, you know, Kamala seeing him with the hundreds. And I think there was like hearts and Fire stuff. Fire emojis maybe. Um, there we go. Yeah. And she's just head over heels all about it. She's totally into him. Bruno is not having it. <laughs> Bruno is quite jealous in this moment. Um, he may have some suspicions later on, but there was pure jealousy now. Um, because Kamala has found a guy that she is very interested in. And, you know, to her credit, he's like this older dude that just came to the high school from another country. And he seems very cool and, and in with her culture and got a cool car. Yeah. All kinds of stuff. So the cops, cops break up the party as we've all seen a time or two. And he's like, Hey, I got a car. (laughs) Very convenient. right? Right. Nothing, nothing was setting an alarm off for me. It really wasn't, um, for you watching it yeah i, I wasn't no not a thing that I was, scene didn't trigger like nothing. no because i don't look for them i gotcha. i just watch gotcha. i really do just watch and then when things happen i i just take it for what it is i i like to speculate before the episodes mm. uh, but when i'm watching i just take it in gotcha. um and i'll f- claim a little bit of victory on the family lineage here um that we'll talk about in a minute here but yeah she she gets a ride from him along with her friends and he uh, gives her his number and is very smooth. She He purposefully messes up Bruno's name and calls him Brian. <laughs> and she comes home swept up in emotion. She is like in teenage love very quickly. And she, you know, stops by the fridge for a moment, pauses, like pauses her internal uh, music and then answers a quick question, goes right back to it and fantasizes about her 
and Kamran uh, in luminescent bodies dancing with each other. Somewhat of, in my opinion, a uh, callback, an homage, whatever you want to call it, to the comics where um, these two characters are inhumans. And the, you know, Terrigen Mist that they're exposed to, which we've discussed before, uh, in this case it was the, the band, um, or the Bengal, that activated her powers in the comics. It's Terrigen Mist. And when you're an Inhuman, which, again, a little bit further, is an experimentation from Kree on humans, mm-hmm. uh, it, it activated her powers um, and his powers in the comics. And he becomes this, like, bioluminescent blue color. And in this scene um, prior, we did see as he comes out of the pool, he is completely illuminated with blue light and smoke. So it or mist, I should say. Yeah. And so it was kind of a cool little, hey, we're not doing the Terrigen Mist thing, but here's, you know, a little bit of it. Like Marvel does these things that are so, so wicked, man. I love it. Yeah, they they do such a good job of like kind of like uh, once again, poking, prodding, being like, oh, hey, here's this thing. You're not going to really recognize it right now, but, you know. Give it like 10 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's so obvious when you look back at it. Yes, exactly. Like, um, it's, it's literally the Marty McFly scene where he starts playing guitar and he starts playing like Van Halen or something. And it's like 1955 and he's like, yeah, you know, you guys might not like it, but your kids are going to love it. It's exactly that. Like they do some things and they kind of throw some stuff at you. That's very obvious, but your brain's not picking it up yet. And then you're like, Oh, that's what that was. Yep. Ah, got it. It was so obvious. <laughs> so, um, and I think even like in the car, right? Like the lights that are inside the car are like bluish colored. Um, Boy, I didn't even notice that so that would be. That, that, yeah. That it's makes once, sense. It's another little one of those things of like, you know, hey, here it is. This is what it is. And uh, the whole time out here, I am thinking like, oh, this guy could be Red Dagger. <laughs> you know, but um yeah, I'm excited to see what they're going to do with Kamran going forward because it's a very obvious that he's going to be part of this going forward. Um, oh, yeah. Like I said, I got my own feelings about him, and I'll kind of get to that a little bit later because there's a scene where yeah. he kind of comes in, and it's kind of uh, weird. But, yeah, I, I was definitely one of those that was kind of like speculating right off the rip. Like, okay, he does this awesome flip. He comes out of the pool. He says, oh, hey, my name's Cameron, whatever. Like, yeah. Oh, hi, Brian, whatever. And then cops come. I was immediately like, the, okay, The timing this is, is always so perfect. <laughs> yeah. It's I didn't know so about perfect. this character in the comics. So I was not even, there was no satellite up mm-hmm. at all. And w- you mentioned we'll talk about something in a bit. These episodes are so long. Yeah. Like Ms. Marvel was the one that got the the blessing to be 50 minutes long. Yeah. That surprised me when I saw that these episodes are around 50 minutes long and like no other show was this no, long. No. So I think what maybe Loki, but then they had that one episode that was like 20 minutes long. Yeah. Like, so like, yeah. I think they were in the 40s with Loki even. Like, yeah. Even the finale. I think like was, the low 40s too. Yeah. Their finales are, are like, not long. These are like 46 before credits. Right. It's kind of crazy. Right. Um, but I think. I think the reason for that, just not really thinking hard, but just from experience, a high school. When you're mm-hmm. in a high school setting, you have to cover 
a certain amount of topics and things that are going on that I think it extends episodes yeah. further than they technically need to be um, because a high school is a storyline in itself. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that high school, on the next day, Kamala uh, is experiencing basically the superhero version of like a pimple or <laughs> a some kind of blemish on her skin because the the light, the hard light, as she uh, calls it, that extends out of her hand is actually showing up on her face in her nose, and she's trying to cover it, and she runs to the bathroom, and being you know a high school. And of that age where everybody's body is changing and it's really confusing uh, for her to be going through like a superhero puberty is kind of cool. Like that's that's another thing we don't really think about. Like, oh, how does this change everything um, physically and anatomically with you? Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, the friend that she is, Nakia, runs to the bathroom, um, offers a tampon and seeing if she was okay, just making sure that uh, she was feeling all right. But. Slowly but surely, the uh, lights go away from her face into her hand and then away altogether. And, uh, you know, it's just another one of those bonding moments uh, in this episode where Nakia is getting another front and center uh, scene. Yeah. And I think that this was kind of cool. I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head there with like, this is kind of what your interest is when you're learning about Peter Parker and stuff like that, and you're kind of being exposed to it is like, how does this change as life goes on? You know, Peter Parker's, you know, given this crazy ability and all of this stuff at such a young age, how is this going to affect him when he's like 30? You know, like it's a very interesting thing um, to really think about, but like, and you kind of see it like as we go on like in the comics and stuff like that it's never really i mean you kind of see it too i guess like in the new spider-man movie where he's like oh you know my back stuff like that i think that was kind of like a joke but it's also kind of like a real thing like obviously your back's gonna be lit up after all of that stuff that you've gone through but uh yeah it's it's a cool little scene and i think it also kind of shows something else um it shows once again kind of like harnessing like I was talking about earlier because when does it stop you know when does when does she when is she not showing this like glowing stuff it's when she starts talking to Nakia and she starts talking about stuff going on in the mosque again so like her headspace is completely clear of everything else and she's kind of just ha- engaging in this discussion about other stuff and so yeah it's it's like she kind of is able to like switch it up and because of that it's like oh okay i can kind of i'm more relaxed now i'm not thinking about all of this stuff going on and it's not showing up anymore well, you know who isn't relaxed at this point in the episode bruno bruno is struggling he is um, yeah. he's confused he's got anxiety um and he goes to mr wilson which uh we we both had a Mr. Wilson at some point. Did you have his class? Yeah, I had Mr. Wilson. Yeah. Mr. Wilson's awesome. Mr. Wilson was very cool at our school. Yeah. Th- this Mr. Wilson is kind of their their guidance counselor, and he's got this awesome opportunity at Caltech that Bruno's been excited for, and it got approved, and it's all expenses paid, and it's totally free. But the caveat is, he will have to be gone for an entire semester, right when his. <laughs> <laughs> his potential love and best friend is uh being swept away you know onto her feet or off her feet by uh 
soon she'll be back on her feet with that same broom, mm. but um, but by Kamran, and uh, he's not feeling it anymore, so he's having a, a little bit of a change of heart, and uh, they discussed that a little bit, and I'm sure Mr. Wilson became very, very high up in your rankings there when he referenced Star Wars as, this is the moment. Yes. Take advantage of the moment. I thought he was going to say, you know that moment in every movie where somebody does something really stupid? <laughs> yeah, I did too. Uh, that's what I, I thought was coming, but... Yeah. He went uh, defaulted to Devil Wears Prada and Star Wars, and so um, Bruno, you know, I don't know exactly what his final decision is going to be on that. We'll find out, I'm sure. I'm hoping he goes. You know, it's a I'm TV show, to. but I'm hoping uh, he leaves. And take goes. a chance, you know. Yeah. Do you? Your man. social life will always be there. Yeah. Uh, but she is Kamala. 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 There it is. I'm. I'm trying. Yeah. If I tough. go like 50, percent I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Uh, Kamala is meeting Kamran to kind of have a little bit of a driving lesson and a date uh, all together. And she's walking out to him and Bruno cuts her off. Not really intentionally. He just, that's just normal. They walk together and he was ready to train her again or help with her training. I should say he's, he's not exactly an expert in this field, but I think we can all relate to like high school nervousness of like, Oh, you're going to go talk to somebody and you don't really want anybody to see you, but you also want to get there as soon as possible. And then you see a friend and you're like, oh, do I talk to them now? Do I just go straight there? The, the awkwardness of the high school moments of this this TV show has been really, really fun to see. For sure. I don't know that I really had that per se. Um, I don't know. I was a weird kid in high school. Uh, uh, we were all weird. We were all weird, but I was weird in different ways. <laughs> I didn't have nervousness with, with stuff like that. I just kind of was like, okay, hey, how's it going? You were too Whatever. dumb to be nervous then. That's <laughs> that's maybe, maybe. You didn't know what to be nervous about. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that this was kind of one of those really cool moments as well because Mr. Wilson's kind of talking about this, the moment, right? Where you... Yeah. You know your fate is kind of before you. You have you have choices to make. Immediately right after that, Kamala has choices to make. Like, kind of unique way of doing it because like, uh, you're you're not really given a, a a decision made by Bruno. But you're given a decision made by her because she's like, oh yeah, hey, I, I don't think I'm gonna do this today. I don't think I'm gonna focus on like trying to harness my powers, which to us and to people watching this they're going to be like you are so stupid <laughs> you know you are on the verge of being a superhero you need to do this because you can save lives you can do all this other stuff you have something that no one else has very few people have it's like a like if you were to take a take a look at the people on the earth in the 616 universe and the amount of heroes it's probably like a what two percent Maybe not even that. Maybe like one percent. Maybe a fraction of the percentage of the people that represent Earth that are superhuman. And yeah, yeah. So for us, we're like, oh my god, this is so stupid. Why are you not trying to do this? But it's also like, you know, hey, she's a freaking high school kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, she has her own feelings. This is exactly like Peter Parker. You know, like Peter's worried about MJ, and all this other stuff. So. Um, it's such a unique and cool idea of making a teenager a superhero because you have those conflicts of 
do I become a better superhero today or do I just try to survive the day as a teenager and, right. you know, do what I'm supposed to be doing, you know, regardless if I'm a superhero or not, I still got to pass this freaking test, you know, or, you know, I still have these feelings that I don't really, I can't really put a finger on just yet. I can't really describe what they are just yet. You know, it's a very conflicting time. And I, I love this so much because yeah, there, there's probably people that are going crazy. Like that are invested in the show already that are like, Oh my God, what are you doing? You're so stupid. <laughs> and you're going to go drive with this guy. Go ahead. Yeah. You know, like you become the parent in that situation, <laughs> you know, like totally. focus on the grades, not, you know, but, um, absolutely. Yeah. I loved it. And by the way, I would recommend if you're interested in like learning more about, um, the background of these characters and the real life cultural impacts and stuff, seek out, you know, like a Muslim content creator and learn a little bit. Cause we can observe, we can watch, we can take it in, we can learn, but we can't express uh, shared experiences or anything like that. Mm-mm. So, you know, when, when there's this conversation between Nakia and uh, Kamala in the bathroom and she's talking about her, uh, how she's never been accepted because she's either too white or too ethnic. Like that's something that a lot of people go through and for them to express it in the episode is great, but I can't speak to it. Nope. And so I just, I just enjoy watching it from afar. And, you know, we obviously we all have, you know, Muslim friends and you get to experience the surface level, um, kind of things that go on in that life. But these specific moments that really, um, are unique to, to be honest, this show in, in Marvel, um, it's cool to see all of this highlighted, uh, that we don't see uh, typically. It just, it's like a expansion of worldview, you know, if anything, um, and approaching things with empathy, you'll be able to like, kind of be like, okay, I can, uh, I'm not going to ever be able to relate entirely, but I can kind of try to understand it, you know? Yeah. That's, that's the best you can do. But like, yeah, we're, we're not in that position. So it's like, we can't, we can't actually like understand Right. You know, what's going on in that scene. We can just kind of, you know, you know, take it as what it is and kind of like learn about it or like relate to it as best we can. Yeah. And it's really cool to have these two different characters who are fully representative of the Muslim community, but are also choosing to, you know, express that in different ways Mm -hmm. because Nakia wears the hijab and, um, you know, Kamala is about as outspoken and dramatic and flamboyant as it gets mm-hmm. um, with, you know, outside of her high school cocoon, I mm-hmm. guess you would say. Yeah. So, yeah, it's really cool. And if there's moments where you're like, well, why aren't they talking about this more? To be honest, I'm no expert in it. And so I, I like to learn and I like to express my opinions on things. But um, I am I'm learning a lot just within this series that, something that we're about to discuss um, coming up, I I actually had to do a little bit more research on just because we all hear about these things in passing, but uh, until it impacts your life, sometimes you don't go and and actually research it. Yeah, and I think that there's actually a scene in this episode that's actually the perfect explanation of that because 
there's a scene where like Makia says something along the lines of like we spent like so much time learning about ancient Rome or ancient Greece or something like that and spent like a week on something else I can't remember exactly what it was and it's like yeah history is kind of somebody said once and it's hilarious but it's also kind of the truth that like history is just his story right yeah so it it and especially like in a history class or something like that like it's all about whatever the professor wants to talk about that you're so you're only getting like whatever they decide to discuss or if it's a course that is literally like designed to only talk about one thing you know like if you're taking a class on world war one or something you're obviously only going to talk about world war one and things that are in that sphere um but yeah you're taking like a general history course there's and it also kind of speaks to how much there is because we have existed on this planet for so long that there are so many different things that have gone on on this planet since humans became a thing on this planet that it's almost impossible and it really is impossible to put all of that into one year or however many months you're in school. What is it like eight months out of the year maybe that you're in school? It's impossible to talk mm -hmm. about every one of those things. So a lot of things get skipped over, unfortunately. So a lot of things you have to do research on. And we obviously get into that a little bit later um, when they start talking about like historical things within their family. But yeah, yeah. we're here yep. um, at this point of the episode. We, we see the dinner table discussion um, with Kamala's father bringing up uh, a story about the family and uh, I don't have it word for word ready but you guys have seen the episode and you're aware of what it is but it does uh, speak to some sort of well for first of all it speaks to the partition of India which was mm -hmm. you know a thing that happened that was devastating to the whole region and you see the effects of that still today and partition um, being that there was one and became two and many people were displaced and died uh, hundreds of thousands of people at minimum up to a couple million is estimated uh, in the process and, and displacement or if that's a word uh, continues to I'm sure impact today's people in those uh, areas that are now uh, India and Pakistan and the part of it beyond the historical reality is this cosmic reality where there's a story of a, a toddler that needed to get, you know, onto a train by herself and being the last passenger, you know, able to leave and following, you know, stars that were in place to lead her back to her father. So there's a story being told here that may actually be based in reality that was done by a family member of the past or a cosmic entity that uh, involved itself within this family's lineage lineage being maybe a keyword yeah yeah for sure um i mean we've all heard like the story of like the north star in america in return in regards to like uh like slave roots or uh, uh, stuff like that like the uh was it the underground railroad like you know following the north star following that to freedom stuff like that so there is probably some kind of like real life application there but uh 
I think people that are Marvel fans, <laughs> you were kind of like jaded in a sense because you're hearing this story and you're like, oh, this is an origin story. This is where this all kind of happened. Um, and from the, and from what you've been given so far, you can only assume that something happened, something else happened like that night. Right. And yeah. that's what triggered the mother to be the way she is. That's what triggered all of this to happen uh, with the grandmother sending all the stuff and then like the mother trying to hide it and keep it away from Kamala. Um, so, yeah, this is like as a Marvel fan, you're kind of like hearing this story and you're like, oh, OK, I know exactly what this is. This is kind of like them trying to tell the story. Yeah. But it's also like. Once again, they do such a freaking good job of using real life things, using real world events uh, that have a connection to a people. And, um, you know, obviously they did such a great job here because of, you know, the representation that you're getting in this series, um, the cultural connections in this series, and they're just furthering that. And, yeah, I, I once again, I to be honest, this this might stick with me for a while, and I know that it's recency bias, but I can't see how. I know that episode three will be better. I know episode four will be really good, and five will be good, and finale will probably be phenomenal. But I think that you're really gonna look at this episode and go back to it over and over and over and over again because you get so much from this episode. Um, and that's just one of those things that's going to stick with you for a while, especially once you, the more you get invested in Miss Marvel, this episode's going to be like the most important, crucial one to me. So. Yeah. And, um, her, her brother's, uh, fiance, I'm forgetting names at the moment, but <laughs> her brother's fiance asked, uh, well, what happened to the mother? Because mm -hmm. in the story, the mother gets lost here, um, and she disappeared, um, according to the story. And so um, this mother that was referenced um, shortly after is uh, discovered to be named Aisha um, while Kamala is in her bedroom on a, a FaceTime, a very close FaceTime <laughs> with her grandmother. Um, and so immediately I said, okay, close. No cigar, but close, uh, because I, I initially thought it was the grandmother that was the one with the, the powers, and mm -hmm. um, it turns out to be the great-grandmother. But uh, we should mention as well that Kamala, when that story was being told and the grandmother or great-grandmother's uh, name was mentioned, the bangle was pulsating and kind of activating, and it slowly but surely kind of knocked Kamala out. And so Kamala was comatose for a little bit and her mom who i love this actress she's fantastic mm -hmm. um she's like did you eat too much or mm. not enough <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know like yeah. something we can all relate to oh, at some yeah. point with yeah. a friend or a parent or something going hey you, did you eat enough or did you eat too much or what's what's going on um but she discovers that aisha is the name that she needs to be focused on moving forward if she wants to find more about her uh, family history but she also knows with her father coming up the stairs, 
I don't want him to know that I'm talking to my grandmother about this. And the next morning when she discusses it with her mom, her mom says we had to move halfway across the world just to forget that name. So please don't bring it up anymore. It's obviously a sensitive subject within the family. Mm. Uh, and so other than Bon Jovi, this scene had a lot of uncomfortability yes. um, with the family, but it was pretty funny how they're as, as uh, much as they are immigrants, they come to New Jersey and Bon Jovi becomes <laughs> integral to the playlist. I think we all have uh, music or artists that are universally loved that we just despise. <laughs> kind of talked oh. about this before. In my we, we don't. We just ran out of time, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no, I. We're all living on a prayer, great. right? I think it's great that people like what they like, <laughs> but like, nah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Gu- Guns and Roses, Bon Jovi. I'm good on ever hearing that again. Bob Seger, especially too. Okay, I'm done I'm with good. Bob Seger. I'm, yeah. I'm good. If I, if I never hear those songs again, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> well, well, after this, the, she is preparing Kamala for the, am I pronouncing this correct? Eid Mubarak? Eid Mubarak? Is that, I'm going with that. Mubarak sounds good to me. Um, Yeah, so this is like, I'm not going to over-explain because, like I said, not 100% sure of, of all these things that are going on in the show. I'm just really enjoying it. Uh, but it seems like some sort of festival where yeah. the community gets together and it's a communal thing where they're getting to know each other. Everybody's hanging out and they are uh, going through the, and by the way, earlier in the episode, uh, Nakia was telling Kamala, Hey, I want you to be my campaign manager. However, it looks like Nakia is taking it kind of all, you know, at the head of the snake herself. And she is having them and herself pass out flyers to, try to bolster her ability to get elected to the board. And during that scene, we see all the different cliques of the community within um, the Muslim community that they live within. And it's really hilarious. There's all kinds of cool little uh, communities, but the Illuminantes is probably, probably the, best, the best, right? One. Yeah. How great is that? Easily the best one. I loved that so much. Once again, they just find these little things and they're like, poking at you like oh hey we, we showed you this before yeah, it's just different setting or whatever it's different people i love that so much the illuminantes <laughs> it's hilarious yeah because i mean number one we all have like family members that are like that too yeah they never like, shut they up they never, never stop up. gossiping yep, yep. they oh know everything it's the worst and if one of them doesn't know it, the other one does mm-hmm. and if you like screw up in the slightest that's all they're going to talk about for like six months. And on the other hand, if you can get a good seat, you're going to have a great time. Oh, yeah. Oh, so. yeah. And you're going to learn so much about your uncle. You know what I mean? <laughs> D- during so. this get together, Nakia is stumping um, for herself and she goes straight to the big man, mm. Kamala's father. And in one of the more funny, uh, <laughs> dramatic scenes yeah. in a long time, the, the music kind of stops. They zoom in, and they basically are catching her saying, you wouldn't want to stop your child from thinking women could change the world, right? Like, you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to deny her future. You don't want to stop your, your child's best friend from having a place. You know, she's just putting the pressure on him, and he's like, come on, man. Yeah, this is my best friend, and you're making me choose. This, yeah. But at the same time, yeah, he's definitely like, oh, 
you're, he's the you're kind of right. Yeah, you're he, right. He's definitely the guy in the family that's like, we can go to Six Flags tomorrow, and the mom's like, we're saving up for a stove. You know, <laughs> right, like, right. Like he's the one that's the eternal optimist, and you can even tell it when the in the way he tells his stories that involves somebody his mom or her his wife doesn't even want to be spoken about. Mm-hmm. But he's he is a, a lover not a fighter i guess is the best way to put it yeah it's kind of like um well once again you know if you've ever had like a niece or a nephew that you had to like take care of or whatever and they're like oh hey let's do this let's do that and you're like uh probably no we probably shouldn't and they're <laughs> like um could we please do it could we you know i'm like no okay yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do that ask yeah. your father just a pushover <laughs> you know absolute pushover yeah <laughs> but i relate to that that's me 100 percent. but um yeah uh the scene was great it was a great scene i loved that scene he's like because his, his mouth is like wide open like he had just been like hit over oh, the head man. with a brick yeah like he's like oh my god you're right and what am i doing and then he's also like but that's my best friend like there's like there's a million things going across his head right now this whole episode and specifically this scene like really humanizes characters that we may not you know know entirely um or completely understand but the more they tell us the more they're giving us insight into their everyday uh, experiences the more you get to feel for the character and then ultimately you'll feel for their superhero um stature and and the you know when she goes off to the marvels i want to care about what happens to her about mm-hmm. what her future holds and to be able to have this TV show where we get her, her difficulties in high school, her difficulties in her culture, her difficulties within her family, all these things at a microscopic level. When we go into the macro and she's out in the space, it, it gives us something to attach to because if you go out to space before you've conquered the emotional level of your everyday, I will not care about you. That's just how it works. And so to get this whole experience, it really, it's pretty awesome. Um, and then to have her uh, discuss and ask questions about uh, Aisha, of course, where do you go to? You go to the Illuminantes. Mm. <laughs> can't even say it right. Illuminantes. Uh, because they will spout off. And what they say is that she's a snake. She's, you know, she left her family for another family. She killed somebody. She left. Um, not good memories of, of Aisha, this great grandmother of Kamala's, but it seems like we're moving towards all of this could probably be explained by her needing to either go away from planet Earth to maybe to a Cree uh, event or something that she's needed for with them, or perhaps she had to leave to let her child have a normal life where she was going whatever it is i think we're on our way to she's not as bad as she sounds she just couldn't explain it to her family and her friends at the time yeah i think it's one of those situations maybe where like the inhumans are involved um and like because she's exposed she has a choice to make she either stays there or she goes with them. And because I think that this is kind of where the show could be leaning towards, it's kind of like also like a, 
not just a background on you know the the Miss Marvel character Kamala Khan stuff like that it's um also probably going to be like somewhat of a backstory for the 616 version of the Inhumans um which I think is kind of like what we're getting yeah. so um I think that there's going to be something that goes on you know, once again, we, we know that they like to use these like historical references, these historical things, and they kind of spin it in a Marvel sense, and they kind of make, uh, you know, like uh, World War II going on, and then like, oh, we have Captain America, and that's what happened. You know, Captain America saves the, the world, and, you know, he helps in World War II, stuff like that, uh, which obviously did not happen in real life, but, you know... I, and I'm curious to see how they take this like partition. Uh, could this be something that was maybe triggered by the Inhumans or something else? Maybe, uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of, kind of throwing stuff at the wall here, but like, you know, maybe Thanos tried to invade earlier, like thousands of years ago or something, you know, like who knows or some other being could be anybody yeah. tried to invade earth and the Inhumans set off the bomb, you know, because we know that the uh, Cameron character, he's not technically an Inhuman, he's a new human, which that has its own place in the comic lore as well, um, which is exactly what happened there. Thanos invaded, bomb was set off, set off these different versions of Inhumans that existed. Um... So it'll be, I'm curious to see what they do with this. Uh, I'm very curious to see what they do with this because it seems like that's where it's leading. I think personally, once we, once again, we'll get to Cameron in a little bit, but like, I think that he, at the end of this thing, Kamala's going to have a choice to make of, is this guy good? Is his aunt good? Or is their lineage is there something going on there that's like kind of making them kind of like villainy? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, sure. Giving off like villain vibes. So, um, yeah, I think that's basically what I'm kind of getting at with this character. We're going to give the award for dumbest character of the week to the kid that was hanging off of a building, taking pictures and then covering up the cool background with a filter. Uh, crazy kid. Why would uh, you even do that? So dumb. <laughs> yeah. But nonetheless, he was in trouble. And at this event, it was dark. It was getting, you know, later in the night. And Kamala looks around and she's going, oh, my God, should I should I try to save him? Am I a superhero now? Like, what do I do? Um, don't know where she got the costume so fast. I, I, I know. Not she sure like about that her? one. It's a pretty heavy costume. But nonetheless, Kamala um, springs into action and everybody you know, gathers round, says, oh, it's white light. Um, did I say white light? Night light. Night uh, light. <laughs> white light. <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, <laughs> uh, Zoe said it was a white light, and then she called him night light. Yeah. So, but she goes up there ready to save him, and she's very tentative. She's going really slow, but she knows that the the shower curtain, <laughs> it appeared to be, is breaking fast. And so that's where she says, screw it. I'm running. She starts running and it's working and the platforms are placing. She's mm-hmm. doing everything she needs to. She saves him. She brings him down. You know, she's posing. She's feeling real good. And all of a sudden, while he's still 
don't know why she didn't just get them off the platform. Right. Right. But nonetheless, we need conflict. Uh, all of a sudden, she sees uh, her great, what looks like her great grandmother again uh, for the second time. She saw it previously right before passing out um, at the dinner table. And before it was in that story, it was about a train that she was, you know, getting the, the toddler onto. And we heard a big train noise right before the passing out. This time, uh, you hear a bit of a train again, and you see the uh, character or the person illuminate, and it distracts her, and the platform breaks. And this kid, unfortunately, just keeps falling and falling. And she tries to save him with her little extendo arm. Um, isn't able to make it happen, so she drops platforms in order to save his life, but he ends up injured in the process, which, similar to like Peter Parker in Spider-Man, a lot of people just saw her seemingly injure a little boy after trying to help him out, but she's going to have to deal with the backlash of being a superhero. Yeah, it's a very weird thing, right? Like, we're going to look at... It, it kind of speaks to real life, too. If this happened in real life, right, there would be... Like Skip and Shannon would be debating this. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> right. did she do right by saving this kid? Could it have been worse? You know, I'll Could give you an died? example. You know, like, yeah. Uh, doctor in an airplane. Do you save the life or and risk the uh, being sued and losing your license if something goes wrong? Or do you take the moral stance of I have the possibility of saving a life and I should do it? Right. It's very hard. A lot of doctors refuse to give. Um, any help in public because they know they can be sued if, if they die. Yeah. So it's the same thing, you know, um, except we've seen superheroes kind of be like athletes and celebrities and that they yeah. can get away with some of this stuff. Um, sometimes they are called out for it, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that later in a, an episode concerning a new group that may be forming here soon. Um, but yeah, she, she runs away. She's like really devastated about this moment and she's just trying to, hide and get away from the people but she is tracked down um by the department of oh what is it the damage control. damage control there yes do dodc yeah. uh and they have drones that are uh reminiscent of stark technology drones um well not stark but all the way down the 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 path <laughs> it, it leads to stark pretty mysterio. much everything does uh, yeah, Mysterio using that technology from Barf, right? Yeah, um, which is once again a call to Spider-Man. Yeah, absolutely. So. A lot of parallels here. Yeah. Um, and when you see the, the guns lighting up, uh, you hear the stark you know, noise yeah. that is just oh. obvious, and yeah. it's such a cool little noise. Um, but nonetheless, she runs over them uh, on platforms. She gets knocked down. She's not able to sustain a, the getaway until she breaks her fall on the ground and look who's there just in time again uh Kamran is in his black car and picks her up she gets in the, the passenger seat and she's like well how did you you know she she doesn't really understand what's going on and then uh we see a a woman who says she has been waiting a long time to meet Kam Kamala uh and Kamran says well, I'd like you to meet my mother <laughs> and so now we know that whoever this woman is, if it is her great-grandmother or whoever, uh, Kamran was most likely just an agent to get close to her and find out how to put her into contact with this character, which I, for now, with no other knowledge, am going to assume that that is the great-grandmother, but we'll find out very soon, I'm sure. 
Yeah, I think that there's different ways of looking at this. I think maybe maybe this is the new humans and their entire like not their entirety, but like both of them are. Kamran and his mom. Um, and they know the great grandmother. Maybe the great grandmother was the first. You know? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That could be a thing. Um, I'm just limiting my scope of possibilities to yeah. the one character that they've talked about because yeah. I'm ready to be surprised. For sure. Totally fine with that. For sure. And it easily could just be that. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot of possibilities here. Maybe Kamran isn't going to be even remotely a villain in this story at all. Maybe it is. Except for holding her hand. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> if they're related... Then we're pulling yeah, a Star Wars. Yep, 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 yep. You gotta they go back kiss, and, and retcon that thing. I know Bruno's like, yes, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's on. He's Bruno's on. Chilling right now. Yeah. yeah. But uh, man, I, I'm excited. This was such a great way to end this episode. Cool twist. Me. Very cool twist. Very very cool ending. I am hype. So, whoever this woman is, I I take. I've been waiting a long time as I've been alive for thousands of years Mm -hmm. and I know of you, which a lot of people think is pointing to somebody who's has superpowers that is able to see throughout their family history, which could point to lineage. Um, And so we'll see if that comes into play or this could just be a really old person that, you know, has been around for many, many years and is now uh, kind of, ready to pass on a story to them or, or pass on a, a journey or a power or something. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out. Um, and also when they were talking, um, they meaning Kamala and Kamran about Bollywood and things like that. They mentioned Kumail's, uh, character in the Eternals. Yes. Uh, what is it? Kingo? Yes. Yeah. As like it was his favorite actor, I think, or one of his favorite actors. And if Kamran, it seems as though right now Kamran would be, a, a slowly aging human. I don't think he's like a, he's too cool mm-hmm. to be like a 17 year old or an 18 year old. And the way he did those flips, it now makes sense of like, Oh, this is just like an, a being that's above these kids that can do basically anything he wants with his body. Yeah. Um, so the aspect of being eternal versus immortal versus elongated living versus godlike. Like we're seeing more and more differentiating factors between people that live a long time. And the fact that he likes that actor, well, wouldn't it be convenient to like an actor who's been around for generations and generations of lifetimes? Yes. Very convenient. Because we know that Kingo basically masks his identity by saying that it's just like, you know, uh, the, the, whoever it was, the fourth. Yeah, reinventing himself for each generation with that newfound talent, but using a family lineage to explain it away. Like he's just the son of the son of the son who was, yeah, they're all actors, whatever. So, yeah, we've reached the the conclusion topic. So what are your thoughts about what we saw in this? uh, Like I said, I think that when we go back and look at this series, I think that this is probably the most crucial episode. This is going to be one that should be remembered for a while especially considering if that many people are going to be you know and i think they will be by the end of the series uh emotionally and 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 just invested in the character kamala khan um this is a very pivotal episode uh 
I know based off the trailer that we're probably going to get some kind of flashback sequence where we get to see that. And I think that that's going to be yeah. what happens next in the in the next episode. Be a great uh, way to start. Yeah, I think it's going it, to be how it starts. If you don't do that, then you kind of have to face the the woman like immediately. Mm-hmm. And so if you don't want to do that, you can start with the, the yeah. past and maybe bring the woman from back when you know this yeah. took place or like she's just telling her the story like that's how you bring it all back yeah so yeah i think that's how they do episode three um and i'm very very much looking forward to seeing that because there's going to be a lot oh, going yeah. on there to break down a lot there to uh discuss talk about and uh i'm i'm just excited man this is such a unique experience and it is you know i i think that it's really being overlooked at the moment by a lot of people and it's unfortunate, but, um, yeah, this, this series has been gr- so, so, so great Th- only through two episodes too. Uh, like I'm all in already. It so. has an identity Yeah, and it's becoming stronger. And every time a series takes a step towards the MCU, it gets a little bit more strong. It, builds a bigger base it's mm-hmm. like if you're playing Fortnite and somebody's shooting your one little wall out well you got to build more to attach it to the island same thing with the mcu they start with this awesome high rise and you're like okay extend that and yep. you just keep building keep building keep building and the potential gets higher because if you've ever done basic engineering if, if you have a strong base you can build higher and higher and that is what the purpose of these shows is you you introduce and then you you expand. really yeah you really expand and then sky's the limit and there's a lot of people that are kind of on the fence about marvel right now and they're like i don't know how they can get back to yeah. where they were and stuff like that and that's a great point and that's a great thing to you know to, to discuss but i think that we're on that cusp if you've paid attention if you've followed right. these shows these movies that have come out that's exactly what they're doing. They're building foundations for the future. Yes. That's all this is. And this is a new future. This is a that's new key. thing. What so I would say to them is that you're n- it's not going to go back to where it was. It no. is moving into an entirely different place. But to your point, they're building the foundations now to reach a bigger peak than the, the past one. And if anything else, they now know the formula. They didn't know the formula when we started with Iron Man 1. They didn't. It as took much as them we a lot thought they did, it took so much time Trial to and really error. develop it. A lot of bad, um, you know, compared to the ones nowadays, Yeah, um, a lot of bad ones back in that time period. Yeah, for sure. So they now know what they're doing, and they have the confidence to do it and to throw it out there. And um, I think, if anything else, too, when you look at comparisons, why did, it, you know, let, let's look at this, for example, right? Let's just throw this example out there. Why did the scene, and we're going to go scene by scene versus why did the scene with Captain America lifting Mjolnir and then, uh, you know, all of the people coming back that had been, you know, snapped out of existence, all of those people, why did that work versus why did it not work in the Rise of Skywalker Star Wars movie when Poe gives up? And then all of these people from across the galaxy come in. It's because you don't have connection to all of those people of the galaxy. You have right. connection to one of those characters, and that's Lando. Got to build that's those, it. that spider web. Yeah. You have no connection to those characters. With 
the Marvel Cinematic Universe, you have connections to every single character because if you've watched every movie, if you've watched every show, they go in depth. They go way more in depth than you think they do. And for better or worse, because if you tell somebody, yeah. hey, you want to see that new Spider-Man movie? It's about you gotta 32 watch. <laughs> movies and then an optional like seven. It's a meme now. <laughs> it's, it's a meme now. It's crazy. In 2050, you're going to have to watch 20,000 episodes of this or that to even get right. it. So <laughs> I don't know if I feel sorry or feel excited for like the next generation that's going to oh. have to start from Iron Man. I one. know, right? It, it's it's exciting, crazy. I guess. It's exciting. It's so exciting because they get to see it for the first time. That is pretty overwhelming. It, but though. it is very overwhelming. Well, this episode's been a blast. For sure. um, going scene by scene with this breakdown, I think, is the one way to do this TV show because it is so heavy in dialogue and experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, when we covered Loki, it was dialogue heavy and then overwhelming concepts. Um, this one is very person to person, scene to scene, experience by experience. You got to look at each one individually and really figure out what it means and then moving forward what it's going to impact. Um, we really appreciate you guys tuning in to all these episodes. we got some exciting stuff coming out very soon. And if you are enjoying these, please do subscribe. Uh, give us a like wherever you're at or comment or review. It means a lot. It, it helps us um, you know, be uh, exposed to more people. And we will have two episodes coming to you every single week on days that we have releases uh, as far as like tv shows like mix marvel we do release on wednesdays because that's the day that they come out however otherwise uh, we do release monday and thursday each week so thank you guys for being a part of this and we will catch you next time peace you've reached the end game of this episode thanks for tuning in to the marvel guys podcast be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode For more information or to connect with Jordan and Spencer, check out themarvelguys.com, The Marvel Guys on Twitter, and The Marvel Guys Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We'll see you next time.